as I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. Whatever, Kevin. You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. And it is another edition of the Channel Partners podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I'm Craig Galbraith, executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures. Joining me as always, the elephant in the room, our business development director, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> Craig, I'm doing great. It's the post-evolution edition, and I just have to say, I hope you're not alluding to my recent weight gain with that intro there. Uh, or maybe it has something to do with a certain event that happened at the show to both of us uh, that we'll get to later. But uh, if I could just say thanks to everyone who attended Evolution in Philadelphia. It was so great seeing all of you. And, you know, Craig, we should just get right into it. What was your favorite part of the show? Well, first, let me say the elephant in the room reference had to do with your affinity for peanuts. (laughs) I do. I I love me a good peanut, Craig. (laughs) Oh, hold on here, Kev. What is the deal with this indie pop intro you have here? It should be noted that I handed over the DJ reins on this one, and although upbeat, this seems to stray from our typical genre. Well, Craig, this song is Only Us from Paperwhite. My Spotify cranked it up uh, just after the show, and I figured it detailed a situation at the show, as I alluded to earlier, that you and I found ourselves in, and we've now hit a new low due to this situation, and that means that group is founded by Only Us. But we'll get more into that later. How about we tell the audience again what your favorite part of the show was? Well, you know, buddy, I always love the Channel Partners studio. Uh, You and I both got a chance to get in there, interview some uh, new exhibitors. I also had a number of interviews with some big-name channel players that we're going to be distributing here on the website in the next week or two. Uh, And then we had the Channel Futures Theater on the other side of that and produced some great content, uh, both for the audience that was there, and we recorded it uh, for posterity. So we've got video of that as well that people are going to get a chance to see on our website here uh, pretty soon as well. How about you? Sounds awesome, Craig. I would say my favorite part of the show, other than seeing everyone and seeing all the business and networking and fun being had and being done by everybody, I would say it was the Expo Hall, uh, Channel Partners Evolution. The Expo Hall cranked it up a notch this year uh, in terms of the number of partners walking the show floor, the types of partners walking the show floor. I'll get into that later. A lot of great content, a lot of great partners, unbelievable vendors in the Expo Hall. You know, always my favorite part of the show. And, uh, you know, Craig, if you have some time and we can get into some math, I do have some numbers for you here, Craig. You know I love me some good numbers. Who doesn't like math? (laughs) That's right, Craig. So, Channel Partners Evolution 2018 edition in Philadelphia. We have some great news to report. First off, it was our largest Channel Partners Evolution show ever. We were up 11% year over year on registrations. We also had a record number of partner attendees coming to the show for the first time. 58%. Of the partners attending were attending for the first time. That's it's all about partner recruitment right there, meeting new people and seeing new faces. We had 34% of those attendees were MSPs, whereas in 2017, we only had 13%. 
MSPs. And that goes to everything that we've been talking about on this podcast, Craig, and as a brand at Channel Partners and our sister brand, Channel Futures, that we are bringing the all-encompassing communications and now IT channel to these events. Of those 34% that were MSPs, 189 MSP 501 winners were registered for the event. So that's 189 of the top 501 MSP companies in the world. Let me stop you right there, Kevin. Let me stop you right there. Do you have any charts to go with us that we can show our audience? It would be easier if I brought some charts and graphs, but but I do not. Um, I am just reading the information sent to us by our audience marketing team, my good friend. And I'm guessing that since this is a podcast and we aren't actually doing video, it might not help anyway. That's an excellent point, Craig. I mean, know your platforms, I guess, would be the best thing I could say to you. But, you know, that's enough about numbers, Craig. I think it's time we get to that elephant in the room, other than me, of course. (laughs) You must be talking about what was trending on Twitter the night of October 11th. Yes, Craig. Trending worldwide on Twitter from CP Evolution was a picture of you and I looking extremely sad and upset with the caption, hashtag snubbed. The reason why I picked this song, Only Us, as I alluded to earlier on the podcast here, is that we set a new low. We are no longer in the rectangle of mediocrity, Craig. We're out of it. We're out of the rectangle. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah, we've gone a little lower. After the snubbing, we are the co-founders and only members of the rhombus of incompetence. Wow. First you're doing math and now you're taking it to geometry. I am uh, not sure if I'm learning a lot on this podcast or if I'm simply getting intimidated. Craig, no one learns anything on this podcast till we bring in our guests. You know that. (laughs) That's for sure. And we should point out when we say uh, that picture was trending, we had like maybe three or four retweets and maybe two likes and those two were both us. So uh, what are we talking about here? We're talking about the MSP 501 Awards Dinner. First of all, this was absolutely fabulous. It was the first one we've ever done. Uh, Of course, this has been a project that has been ongoing for years with uh, Channel Futures, our sister brand. And before that, it was MSP Mentor. It ranks the top 501 MSPs from throughout the world. And we drew a huge number of those folks to a special awards dinner We gave them their trophies. We honored the MSP Executive of the Year. We gave away a Lifetime Achievement Award. It was really a fantastic event. You referred to that big increase in number of MSPs we had at our show. That was much because of this event that attracted them. So it was something we were very excited about. So let's put that out there first. When we refer to hashtag snubbed, our listeners may recall us discussing a certain comedy routine that you and I were going to be doing, somewhat promoting this podcast, but also giving the folks in the audience a a little levity while the pictures were being taken of the award winners. But unfortunately, my friend, that didn't happen. Oh, it hurts, Craig. It hurts. Yes. What happened was everyone came up on stage and got their picture taken. So there wasn't room for us. And I understand this. Kevin, I think you almost actually fell off of the stage. At one point, uh, we had an ambulance at the ready. Fortunately, we did not need that. But uh, long story short, it just didn't work out for us to do the comedy routine, which was just fine, uh, because it was much more important, at least to everyone in the audience except us. Uh, to get that big picture on stage with all of the winners. Yes, Craig, it should be noted that we aren't truly upset about this. It it was (laughs) awesome to see 
all those MSPs to get on stage and, and get the recognition they deserve, whereas we don't deserve any recognition. I did have my cliffhanger moment where I was hanging there like Sly Stallone on the edge of the stage, and then you had to go ahead and lift me up. So that that was pretty epic. It was just great to see all the MSP 501 winners. What a, what a great awards dinner all around. The food was good. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm usually looking for. So we definitely were, were not upset about it. It was just we had a little fun with being. Certainly not. We're, we're just poking fun at it. But, you know, Kevin, I've been thinking about this whole thing. At first, I thought, hey, if they invite us back next year, we've got some material already done for it. Brilliant, Craig. Brilliant. But then I took an even lazier approach, which I like to call the Kevin. That's thinking, no surprise. I thought, hey, why not skip coming up with new content for this podcast and actually perform this right here, right now? Uh, really? I thought you'd be happy. Come on. It was your turn to come up with a theme for the podcast. Oh, well, in that case, let's do it. All right, Kevin, let's build the drama. We'll do it in three parts. Here it is, the first part of what the audience at the MSP 501 Awards Dinner at Channel Partners Evolution would have heard, minus the visual entertainment, had we performed our quote-unquote comedy stylings. And next up on the stage, coffee with Craig and Kevin's, Craig and Kevin. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Take it, Craig. Uh, Kevin? That's tomorrow night's show at the Philadelphia Art Museum? Oh, that's right. Should have known we weren't rolling with the Tom Jones bit when there wasn't any music playing us in. Which gig is this again? It's the MSP 501. Haven't you been a part of this conversation, all those conference calls for the last several months? Oh, that's right. I have, Craig. It's just been a stressful time doing everything I needed to get ready for Channel Partners Evolution. And when I heard that the comedy stylings of Craig and Kevin would be part of this MSP 501 dinner, I got a little nervous. After that start, I'm just glad we're surrounded by all these disaster recovery experts. We're surrounded by the best in the world at all things IT related. But there's nothing to be nervous about. After all, you do the Channel Partners podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin, twice a month. <coughs> Shameless plug. <coughs> and it's accessible on Channel Partners Online, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Way to get that plug in there, Craig. All right, let's get down to business here. Now that you've heard from our sponsors, we've handed out the special awards for the evening, and you're all getting your photos taken. Craig is going to go ahead and count down the 501 MSP honorees from 501 to 1 and read one page of material on each. <clears throat> okay, uh, here we go. Number 501, Sabino CompTech. Uh, wait a minute. How much time do we have up here? Not sure, Craig, but I'm getting a cheesesteak. Maybe two. I mean, Pat's and Gino's are literally across the street from each other. Kevmo, logging off. I, I think it's like 10 minutes, not 10 hours. Kevin, wait. But seriously, folks, maybe we should take this time to recognize some people in the audience. Not only do I see a lot of these great MSPs here, the Channel Partners and Channel Futures team are really well represented. Definitely great to see some of our colleagues here, Kevin, since we all work in separate parts of the country and really only get together about three times a year. That's right, Craig. And a lot of our bosses are here tonight. So glad I started with Tom Jones. Ugh. For sure. For instance, there's Art Whitman, Senior VP of Content over there. Art, what's going on? Sup, Art? Kevin, what can we say about Art? Um, really great guy. He works 
relatively hard, I believe. And he looks really strong in a t-shirt. You were supposed to prepare something about art, remember? You know, something that would really kiss his butt. Oh, my bad. And I know Kelly Danziger, market leader channel, is in the house tonight. Kelly, where are you? Kelly! Kevin? Oh, um, I think she likes the band U2 a lot. Really? Nothing on Kelly either? Can I presume I can skip the other 13 colleagues I was going to call out? Let's take this time to thank our sponsors again, Craig. After all, they're the reason we can have this fabulous shindig. The sponsor's money is obviously going to cover the food and undoubtedly monumental bar bill, which is why you're stuck with us as the quote, unquote, talent. And that's just your bar bill, Kevin. Ouch, Craig. And cut. There's part one. How do you think it's going so far, my friend? Not bad. This is uh, much better, actually, than performing it in front of people. I forget sometimes that you and I think we're funny, but this could have easily crashed and burned in a big conference hall. I do have to say first, Craig, that I think if people could see us in action and we'd have the stage presence that we bring with us, it'd probably be a little more funny actually live than, than over the podcast. But it might not have even helped for me to picture everyone in their underwear if, if we were live. Yeah, it could have been awkward when your, I mean, our first joke bombed. Craig, I believe we have a powerhouse industry analyst and channel partners, channel futures influencer on tap here. That we do, my friend. Time to welcome in our first guest, analyst extraordinaire from Forrester, Mr. Jay McBain. Jay, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Now, before we get to any serious questions, I wanted to ask you, because you are a Canadian, if I'm not mistaken, a native of Canada, is that correct? New dude to boot it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Kevin and I interviewed a woman at the uh, Channel Partners Evolution that concluded here uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and she told me that Western Canadians, unbeknownst to me, don't end sentences in A. They ended in hey. And I just wanted to see if you could uh, confirm that. I cannot confirm nor deny that, but I was born in Edmonton. I grew up there in Calgary, so I'm a full Western Canadian. Not sure I've ever ended a sentence in hey or a, but uh, <laughs> uh, definitely known for that. All right, good to know. Craig, way to get right to the hard-hitting questions for Jay here. <laughs> I try. The guy's a channel influencer, and I start him off with one of those. So, Kevin, why don't you ask him a, a real question? So, Jay, what should channel vendors be doing right now to effectively recruit good partners? It's probably the most common question I get. I wrote a report last year called Death of the Traditional Channel. You know, the follow-on question is I get that there's, you know, new types of partners, new business models, uh, you know, everything, the permutations and combinations are growing exponentially. You know, how do we start? And uh, I actually wrote two just recent reports on, you know, channel recruitment and um, what I call super connectors. So there's a Canadian link for you, Malcolm Gladwell and the Tipping Point, many people read uh, many years ago. But it's taking shape in the, in the channel where basically we're recommending a parallel program. You're going to have a number of traditional partners in a gold, silver, bronze tiered program that has all of the onboarding incentives, co-selling, co-marketing, all the great stuff that, that you've built. You don't shut that off. Uh, you know, that's going to be a, a majority of your revenue, you know, for the next two, three, four years. The parallel part of this, though, is there's a growing set of non-transacting partners. 
and you know I call these shadow channels, but these are players that um, you know are very much interested in the downstream technology services. They're coming out of the woodwork with many interesting business models, and you know they're not going to join your program as a bronze partner and you know try to be a silver. They're going to work in a very different way, and how you market with them, and how you drive incentives, and and how you really drive that relationship to these influencers, advocates, alliances, and others is going to define the success of future partnering. So can you maybe expand on that uh, shadow channel idea a little more, Jay, and what kind of a threat that actually posed to some of the traditional partners out there? Yeah, the interesting thing is it's not a threat. Uh, it's an opportunity for partners, and, and in many cases, partner with partners. This idea that of time gone by where you're the single throat to choke because you're calling on the IT leader, or, you know, the, the key budget area within the customer uh, is pretty well over. You've got now 65% of decisions happening outside of IT and getting to the 10 lines of business, marketing, sales, operations, finance, HR, is the key. And many of the people that are influencing those buyers along the journey come from outside the traditional industry. They could be accountants and legal companies and architects and digital agencies. Uh, they could be cloud ecosystem partners. They could be you know, a number of born in the cloud type of partners. So there's a number of new uh, companies. There's 100,000 software companies now, ISVs, that are competing very heavily to get in front of this new buyer. So as a partner now, you're not going in to be all things to all people. What you're doing is going in to really drive your your skill set and your best practices and, and do the things you're good at, implementing, integrating, securing, making compliant business continuity. You add all of that into these technology projects and you're gonna end up working with you know upwards of five other types of companies to deliver these line of business technical solutions. And it's a great expansion of your business if you can recognize it and make those key relationships. There I go being all glass half empty and you took it the other way. Well done, well done. Kevin, you and I could uh, learn from that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And Jay, you know, in addition to changing and evolving your strategy with how you partner with these shadow channels, the strategy is also changing based on the influx of the millennial generation into the channel. Wondering, is the channel getting enough of these young business people in it to remain viable? Yeah, and that was one of the cornerstones of the death of the traditional channel report is, is, is the answer I thought for, you know, 24 years speaking in the channel was yes. And then it hit me over the last, you know, 18 months that really the answer is no. Uh, so a number of different surveys and, and different research has come out, but the average, you know, the number of total channel partners around the world is down by 36% since the big recession 10 years ago. And as everything else has improved, you know, Wall Street is, you know, hitting highs as of, you know, forget about last week, unemployment rates are at historic lows and every other of the 27 industries seems to be leveling up we're not getting growth in the number of, of partners. When you ask the remaining 600,000 channel partners around the world, 40% of them are planning to retire in the next six years. Many of them started you know, either 37 years ago with IBM or a bit later with Compaq or a little bit later with Microsoft, but you know, many of them are now in their late 50s, early 60s, looking at succession, looking at what the plan, exit plan is, and by the way, their kids, the millennials, are not taking over their businesses. You know, they're flooding into, you know, cloud opportunities. You know, 180,000 people at Dreamforce a couple of weeks ago. 
and they're in new areas. You know, AWS has gone from 30,000 partners to 60,000. The demographics of which I look very closely at of these new partners, of what their business model is, you know, where they live, how old they are, you know, their gender, all these things are really different than traditional partners of the past. And it's fascinating as I go to probably 60 shows per year, just kind of doing that demographic view of the, the, the crowd. Hey, Jay, I wanted to ask you about M&A. Uh, you commented on a story for us this week on IBM's acquisition of Red Hat. seems like consolidation uh, involving companies that do business in the channel is never ending. Uh, what impact do you see M&A having on the channel here in the next year or two? I think it's huge. Uh, so I take a lot of customer calls and inquiries and things like that, but I actually take almost more calls from Wall Street, private equity, venture capitalists. I uh, built a, a logo chart last year showing channel software. All the companies, and there's about 100 of them, that build automation software for either you know PRM or marketing with your partners or incentives, onboarding, channel data management, all these eight different categories. What was interesting, I did it in November. I put 100 logos in on the chart. Now that I'm just about to do it again, uh, 17 of those logos no longer exist. So just in my little you know, channel software space, there's a 17% churn annually. And I would expect that to continue where you know somewhere between 15 and 20% of these companies are going to get acquired or merge or exit or, or, or something. It's a massive amount. The same thing on that famous marketing chart with 7,000 logos. There's the same number of, you know, kind of churn and burn. Even with the IBM deal, and I lived in Raleigh for a couple of years, so I know the, the close relationship that Red Hat and IBM has had for decades. And, you know, IBM put a billion dollars back when I worked at IBM for 17 years, put a billion dollars into Linux. And that was a really strong relationship from Red Hat from the very beginning. If you look at Red Hat, most of their channel leaders come from IBM. So in, in a lot of cases, it's a homecoming. But yes, if you look at capital markets today, if you look at tax policy and a lot of the macroeconomic uh, trends, you know, there's a lot of cash. And IBM just spent $34 billion in cash and debt to, to do this uh, as opposed to a stock trade or something else. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, the big 10 or the big 15 companies out there have tens of billions and a few of them have hundreds of billions of dollars of acquisition dollars that I think you'll see as, as part of a roll-up. And Jay, I'm gonna put you on the spot here with this next question because you've already given us a few predictions for 2019 and for the future of the channel. Do you have one more maybe for our audience for the channel in 2019? It could be anything, it could be technology, strategy, talent retention, whatever you wanna throw at us here. Yeah, there, there's so much going on. And last year's prediction was really around these shadow channels. And it was great this year to see, you know, Microsoft and Riverbed and all these companies come out with shadow channel programs and, and really take stock of this. And what's interesting next year is the permutations and combinations of running a channel program. So I'm speaking to the vendors and the brands now it is getting beyond what, you know, people and spreadsheets can do. We're going through a little bit of a renaissance on the channel software side where I believe it's going to fall into a horizontal. I just mentioned there's a hundred companies kind of doing stuff. And I was in a company for seven years before Forrester that was building channel software. But I believe that much like 10 years ago, Marketo, Eloqua, Pardot, Hackdon, and HubSpot became the de facto leaders of marketing automation. And the other 200 competitors kind of rolled up a level. 
20 years ago, there was 300 CRM players in the market. Then Salesforce took, you know, the majority. Dynamics became strong, and there's only a handful. So I think in the channel software space, there's going to be maybe three to five winners that fall down into horizontal. I think they're going to be acquired and a roll-up like we've seen in previous markets. Forrester sees channel as an investment area in companies. 75% of world trade goes indirectly. So we're going to see them move from these direct CRM and marketing automation investments over 20 years and start putting their money into generating opportunities out there with channels, bars, resellers, agents, sub-agents, MSPs, etc. And that's where the money's going to go to really drive that last mile. So I'm really excited about that. And I think there's a big turn going to happen in 2019. Some really good stuff there for our audience, Jay. And before we let you go, I just wanted to congratulate you on being named a 2018 Channel Partners Channel Futures Channel Influencer. We're really excited to have you on that team. And, and once again, congratulations for that. Well, thank you so much. And uh, two things that came of that. Um, one was the write-up about Top Gun. So even last week, I had to kick off a keynote and people made me tell the Top Gun story from that story. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. And then second is the writer of that story actually is a colleague of mine now at Forrester. So uh, we've had some good laughs over it as well. But, you know, we're, we're very close and um, uh, it's been a great honor to, uh, to, to have that recognition. Kevin is much more of the goose in that scenario. <laughs> That's right. And they're doing a remake, by the way, of Top Gun. So like Star Wars and Harry Potter, I'll be the guy at, you know, midnight, you know, lining up at the theater. I'll be the only one, but I'll, I'll be, I'll have the first ticket. Extremely <laughs> cool. I think there will be a few more than just you lining up for that one. That one's uh, definitely a nostalgic film for those of us of a certain age, for sure. No doubt about so, Jay, it. Jay, thanks again for your time. Uh, take care. Have a good rest of the year. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jay. All right, Kevin, some really great stuff there from Jay. As always, excellent to get an analyst's perspective on things, and uh, he's a, clearly one of the best out there. No doubt, Craig. If Jay were an MSP, he'd most certainly be on next year's MSP 501 list, no? Uh, definitely a forced segue, but it does get us back to our MSP 501 performance that didn't happen, which I'm sure was your goal. Right you are, Craig. When we have time to prepare, we can put together something creative. But sometimes, when it's on the spot, it's not easy to say the right thing. Wait, this podcast recording caught you by surprise? Moving on, Craig. Can we get back to our MSP 501 performance that didn't happen? All right. Here's part two of what you didn't hear at the MSP 501 Awards Dinner. Kevin, I don't know if the audience knows this, but and it honestly hurts me to say this, but you and I were not the first choices for what I'll loosely call entertainment for tonight's event. But we were the cheapest. You gotta be kidding me, Craig. No, it's true. There were a number of celebrities from Philadelphia they asked first. Unfortunately, they weren't available for some reason. Uh, should we tell the crowd who they were? Yeah, I'd really like to know who our own company thought was more valuable to this awards dinner than us. I mean, anyway, it's not like they could be more disappointed in what they're already seeing now. That's for sure. Bring it. All right. The first was a man who just celebrated his 50th birthday by bungee jumping out of an airplane. I'm talking about Philly's very own Will Smith. Craig, we don't need the Fresh Prince to get jiggy with it. You have the stale popper on stage with you right here. Let me give you a little sample. 
Everything about this show is hopping. The expo hall this dinner, man, this place is popping. Um, Craig? What are you doing over there? You know, I'm doing the Carlson. Keeping up with the Fresh Prince theme? You need to stop that right away. By the way, I believe it's called the Carlton, which you now owe Alfonso Ribeiro $5,000 for doing his trademark dance. And quite frankly, you owe me another five grand for doing it so badly. All right, who else was there? Well, this one would have been fun. In fact, one sponsor brought him to our show about 10 years ago. He is an NBA legend who made his name playing with the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm talking about the round mound of rebound himself, Mr. Charles Barkley. What? We could have had Barkley? Yeah, Barkley certainly would have been better than us. He would have been, but he might not have said much after he saw what our routine was about because I think he'd come in and just be like, That's terrible, terrible, Craig. And cut. That's the end of part two. Wow. This is really going well, Craig. No one's booed us yet or thrown anything. That is the great thing about one-way communication, buddy. What do you say we get to our next guest? And with that, Craig, please allow me to welcome in Josh Hutchinson. Josh is the Director of Sales for Channel Enablement at Mind Matrix. Josh, how you doing? Hey, Kevin, how are you? Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys today. Our pleasure. To kick things off for our audience here, Josh, could you tell us all about Mind Matrix, please? Sure, absolutely. When you look at Mind Matrix from a technology or, or platform perspective, we're we're a little bit of a rare bird, um, only and simply because we cater to um, both sides of the house. So when you look at traditional sales model, folks typically sell through a direct channel or the indirect channel or a, a combination of both. And we aim to provide sales enablement to both sides of the house out of one platform. So we're a comprehensive sales enablement platform. Josh, it's good to hear you refer to the company as a rare bird uh, because that's right in line with what we call Kevin, a dodo sometimes. <laughs> well said, Craig. <laughs> but uh, tell us how Mind Matrix's platform uh, helps vendors engage with their channel partners. Sure. Again, when you, when you look at what we do from a technology perspective, specifically on the channel side, there's really three core components to what we provide. It is the PRM or the partner portal full-blown channel marketing or partner marketing automation suite, and then a whole module around empowering or enabling your partners to be more efficient or effective at selling your solutions or products. So how we help vendors engage with their partners, it's really a, a multi-pronged approach, right? So that's marketing to your partners, marketing on behalf of your partners, driving leads, providing functionality or, or features that are engaging from within the partner portal itself to help educate partners, train them, get them certified on your solutions. And then the other thing that we do is really, it's all about breaking down barriers to doing business with you as a vendor. So bringing tools and functionality into your partner's existing environments. And, and the one example I'll give to that is an Outlook plugin, for example. So you can bring your library of assets and content into a partner's existing email environment where they have access to that content at their, at their fingertips. They don't have to log into a portal to, to pull it or grab it. They can get it right from their email or Outlook instance, for example. I love those Outlook plugins, Josh. Um, as a salesperson, I need everything as close to me as possible. Otherwise, I'm completely lost. 
I tell you, I use it myself. It's I, I use it every day, all day long. So it's it's a beautiful thing to have. I don't ever have to ask marketing for us an asset, a document. It's all right there for me. I can go in, search based on the the categories that we've that we've kind of built out internally, and then send uh, send it whether it be a case study or a white paper, you name it. It's all right there for me. Outstanding. You you gotta love that. So Josh, you alluded to it in uh, your first answer there uh, regarding how Mind Matrix helps their vendors and partners with their marketing automation. Can you provide our audience with a high-level overview of how that works? Sure. So from a channel-slash-partner mar- marketing automation perspective, you really got to look at it from two different levels, right? There, there's the corporate level from a vendor perspective, the ability to tap into a full suite of marketing automation tools or features. So when you look at that space, it's really about marketing on behalf of partners or marketing to partners, whether that be your existing partners and or recruitment efforts, all from a marketing automation perspective with the tracking and analytics and insight behind that um, and across different mediums, whether it be email, um, landing, social, drip, or nurturing campaigns, that's all supported from a corporate perspective. Now, when you start talking about how do you um, enable your partners even further, you can take that marketing functionality and flip it and make it available to partners right through their partner portal. So now you can take corporate level campaigns that maybe are performing very well, and you can make those available to the partners where they can go into the partner portal, pick the campaign they wanna they wanna run, um, upload a list, and execute it right from the portal. So again, you're, you're bringing localized marketing automation to the partners. And that's not something, not every partner is gonna tap into that functionality. Some partners already have a marketing automation tool in place. But for the partners that don't, that's really a, a valuable tool for them to have access to through, from a vendor. So you're adding value as a vendor to your to a, a certain percentage of your partner base. So going from there, is there a next step solution to assist with uh, selling to and retaining clients? Yeah, and, and so and again, that all comes that all falls back into the, the sales enablement side of the platform and the functionality. So when you start talking about a traditional channel model, there's always a huge emphasis on the marketing side and driving awareness and creating leads that you can route to these partners. But at the end of the day, you can be the best at driving leads or generating awareness and and pass them down to the partners. But if they don't understand how to position your solution, what questions to ask, um, and, and have really effective conversations with either an existing book of business or a new potential lead, then, you know, all the other efforts that you're putting into it are are kind of wasted. So what we do from that side of the house is we give our vendors the ability to create customized playbooks that can be custom based on their solution set, uh, verticals that they sell into, and make those available to partners where as a partner I can tap into a playbook and I can apply the vendor's sales process, you know, that sales process or sales model for our specific solution so now I'm giving these partners the ability to go to walk through a step-by-step, very actionable sales process that I, as the vendor, know is a proven, effective way of, of selling our particular set of solutions or products. So that's how we help the vendors enable or empower their partners to grow business through their existing clients or new customers as these leads are driven to them. Josh, that is some phenomenal info you've provided us with there. In addition to seeing Mind Matrix at, at both our channel partners events, thank you for the support, by the way. Where can vendors and partners that are listening here go to find you and your team to learn more? Yeah, sure. And and, and before I wrap, uh, I, I wanted to thank you too for having us 
at, at the Channel Partner shows. Uh, this year, they were absolutely phenomenal. Um, I can't tell you how many great conversations we had and, and connections we made. So we, we really value uh, this relationship and uh, the ability to be there and um, support you guys from that perspective. So thank you for that. You can find us at mindmatrix.net. Um, that would be the best way of getting a hold of, hold of us or reaching out to us or educating yourself more on what we do from a platform perspective ahead of having uh, a deeper conversation. Outstanding, Josh. That $5 uh, referral bonus is in the mail, by the way. So really appreciate <laughs> the plug for the show. Thank you. We specialize in podcast enablement. <laughs> Much thanks, Josh. Uh, we'll catch you on down the road. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Greg, phenomenal stuff from Josh there. Mind Matrix will also be hosting a webinar on the Channel Partners platform. So vendors, please keep your eyes out uh, to find out how you can supercharge your partner engagement uh, with Mind Matrix. That should be launching in early December. More to come on that. Greg, I got to figure if we have roughly... 500 partner listeners on this podcast right now. No, no, no. Don't do not do it again. Let's just get to the conclusion of our MSB 501 performance that didn't happen before you make yet another awkward segue. Sounds great, Craig. Thanks for saving me from sinking yet again. Okay, here we go. The conclusion to our non-existent MSB 501 awards dinner, quote unquote, comedy routine. You know, Kev, there's another celebrity they considered for this gig before us. Really? Just one more? None other than Alicia Moore. She grew up just outside of Philly, but you know her as Pink. So where's your class if you are wrong? But what about us, Craig? I mean, just give me a reason to raise a glass. Get this party started. And please don't leave me up here. I'm not freaking perfect. Yeah, she would have been way better. Last but certainly not least, wait, is one of wait, my... another yes. one? There's another yes. one. Well, actually, there were about a thousand, but uh, we only have time for four here. <laughs> okay. So, one of my favorite actors of all time, a living legend, the best James Bond of all time, Sean Connery. What is this idiot talking about? I've never even been to Philadelphia in my life. Like, I'd stand up here and make a fool of myself in front of the most respected managed service providers in the business. I don't even know the channel. The last time I sold in the channel, I was your age. <laughs> yeah, okay, they were really reaching with that one. But they were already rejected by everyone with a Philadelphia connection. Including that ridiculous new Flyers mascot that's scaring kids? Can't believe yeah. our own team went that low before coming to us, Greg. Couldn't agree more, Kevin. Couldn't agree more. So what do you have planned for the rest of the evening? Other than eating two cheesesteaks at the same time? I'm going straight to bed. I mean, these cheesesteaks hit hard, and I've got to be fresh for all of tomorrow's activities. Thank you, everybody. We'll do our best to make sure the entertainment budget is bigger than zero next year. And cut. I actually feel pretty good about that, Craig. Yeah, and since we're in control here on the podcast, nobody could give us the hook or use music to play us off stage or anything like that, which we probably would have deserved for such a cheesy bit. That couldn't be more true, Craig. And if you want to download the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin podcast, just go to SoundCloud or iTunes and type in Channel Partners Online. You'll find us there. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a boo-tiful week, everybody. Thank you.